I married Damien in a chapel about 50 miles north of Lewiston, where the majority of my family lived. Damien didn't have any friends or family fly out from his home state to see the ceremony. Every single one of his guests came from Lewiston and thereabouts. We honeymooned in Paris. While there, Damien got a phone call from an old friend, John Bloom, a real estate developer in Hawaii. Bloom wanted him to become a partner at his company. She's going to need to be close to her family. We don't need more money. We can fly back home once a month. That's not enough. We can spend the summers there. I'm sorry, but I don't want to have this conversation right now. You need to visit them every single day. You can't call them. You can't use Skype. It has to be a face-to-face interaction every single day. It's not every single day. It's nice knowing they're going to be nearby. We can move back home once I've built up the business. I told you, I'm not moving. I'll do whatever it takes. And I'll do whatever it takes to make sure we don't move. I'm sorry. I know you want this to be your legacy, but why can't you just keep building the company at home? I already explained everything. I know how important it is to you, but I can't move all the way to Hawaii. I'm sorry. We left it at that. We went out into the city, but Damien was quiet for the rest of the night and only gave me one-word responses whenever I tried to talk to him. An hour into the night, Damien insisted he was tired and wanted to go to bed. We canceled our dinner reservations and drove back to the hotel. The next morning, he woke up next to me, stared at me with a sympathetic look in his eyes. I think you're right. I wasn't close with my family, so I don't know how important it is. I'll tell them it's a no. I'm glad we're on the same page. Me too. I was surprised that he had moved on so quickly, but I didn't think about it too much. By the time we got back home, I was three months pregnant. A week later, we were back home. Damien decided to buy a double-barrel shotgun and two handguns. He never showed any interest in guns before. One night, he jumped out of bed and went for the shotgun mounted on the wall. What are you doing? I heard a sound. What sound? Like footsteps. Someone walking downstairs. Stay here. I have a shotgun! If you think there's a chance someone's down there, we should call the police. You think someone's outside? He didn't find anything. Over the course of the next few weeks, he did this a few other times, waking up in the middle of the night, worried that someone was in the house. I wondered if he had PTSD, but whenever I questioned him about it, he'd snap at me. He'd say I was opening up old wounds that healed long ago. So I kept my mouth shut and didn't bring it up again. All he ever told me was that he had foster parents growing up and that they were abusive. That's it. A few days later, we sat on our front porch, and he had the shotgun in both hands. It was another night where he thought an intruder had broken in, and he wanted to stand guard outside. You should schedule an appointment with a therapist. I told you I'm fine. You can at least talk to me about it. 
Fine. If you don't want to... I told you they were abusive. That's all you've told me. When I was a kid, I saw someone break into my house and kill my father. The guy was high on meth. We were in our living room watching TV. The guy tried to rob us. We didn't have anything, and he had a gun, and then... <laughs> it's so vivid in my mind, it's like it happened yesterday. Then I became a foster child, and that only made things worse. Oh my God. I'm so sorry. I don't know what to say. You told me he left you. I know. I'm sorry. I just didn't want to talk about it. You can talk to me about anything. I know. I love you. I love you too. It was late August. I was eight months pregnant. Damien was at work a few miles away. I was alone in our backyard, drawing. I drew her, running around with a little golden retriever by her side. We decided on Olivia. Hello? Is this Joanne Roth? Yes, who's this? This might sound odd. You don't know me. But I, I really need to talk to you. Who are you? I can't tell you. You can't tell me? If I told you, I'd be putting my life and my family's lives in danger. Joanne? Is this serious? Yes, this is very serious. I can't stress enough how serious this is. Joanne? I'm listening. Is your husband there? Why does it matter if my husband's here? This has to do with him. How? First, can you tell me if he's there right now? Why? He can't know about this. What? Is he there? No, he's not here. Okay, great. And one more thing before I go into this. Can you promise you won't tell anyone what I'm about to say? Hello? You seriously can't tell me who you are? I'm sorry, but no. Why should I trust you then? I'll tell you everything I know, and then let you decide on whether or not you want to believe it. Joanne? All right. Do you promise? I guess so. No, you have to promise. I promise I won't tell anyone. No one, okay? Especially not your husband. I won't tell anyone. Not even my husband. You swear to God? Jesus Christ, yeah. I swear to God. I hate to intimidate you and throw it all on you at once, but I don't know how else to do it. Just tell me. If you don't mind, could I explain everything first and then I'll answer questions later? Just tell me. 
your husband, Damien, is a highly intelligent psychopath. And he's going to ruin your life or even kill you if you don't make a quiet exit out of his life as soon as possible. Based on your Facebook page, I can see that you've been married to him for almost a year. And now you're expecting a child? My guess is he's been a great partner since you've known him. A handsome, kind, caring, romantic gentleman. Once you have that baby, he's going to show you his true colors. He's going to become a monster. All because having a child together is going to make it that much harder for you to leave him. Joanne? I'm listening. Damien married a close friend of mine, Emily. They got married and had a beautiful son together. She constantly fawned over how amazing Gary, or Damien, was about how he worked overtime and on the weekends just so she could get through nursing school. He was perfect until he completely changed after their first child. He constantly cheated on her. He berated her and psychologically abused her. One time, he called her crying, saying he accidentally killed their son by leaving him in a hot car. After Emily broke down crying in hysterics, he started laughing and said he was joking. He did a lot more stuff like that. It got worse and worse until he eventually told her to her face about how he'd get away with killing her. It was a game to him, watching her suffer as much as possible. It made him feel powerful. And to everyone outside of their home, he was a shining member of the community. He was involved in charities, fundraisers, was an active churchgoer. He volunteered at homeless shelters. He'd do free construction work for his neighbors. An all-around lovely guy to everyone except her. She didn't have any physical signs of abuse. It was all mental and emotional, so the police had a hard time believing her. They wanted hard evidence. So since she couldn't prove it, they couldn't do anything except recommend she move away. But she was afraid because Damien said he'd shoot her on the spot if she ever tried to. She came up with all these different plans, but nothing that just guaranteed her freedom. Not long after, Emily stopped talking to me altogether. I hadn't heard from her in months. Every time I visited their home, Damien lied about why she wasn't there. Then the news broke. Emily and her son died of carbon monoxide poisoning. I was devastated. 
For weeks, I couldn't eat, sleep, work. I eventually went to the police. I told them everything I knew, which didn't sound convincing to them because I only went off what Emily told me. I had no evidence. The police acted sympathetic. They said they would look into it. I waited for months and months and nothing happened. No real investigation, no trial. I tried speaking with the DA and he told me I was heartless for insinuating such a thing after the poor man lost his wife and kid. Then Damien moved away. He told everyone he couldn't deal with the grief. And they believed him. And then one day he randomly showed up to my house and confessed to everything. I couldn't believe it. I guess he wanted someone to brag to. Damien knew nobody would believe me, yet he still threatened to kill me if I ever told anyone. The next day, I just packed everything and moved back home. Across country, I needed to get as far from him as possible. I understand if you need a second to process this. How do you expect me to believe any of that? That's, that's your choice. I'm just trying to warn you. I know Damien. I know he's not capable of that. That's part of his charm. No, it isn't. It's a lot to take in. I understand. How did you find me? I stumbled across your Facebook page. I saw that you were married to him, and I wrote everything down. I feel like it's my duty to help you. You're confusing him with someone else. I'm sure it's him. It's that same picture he used in the past. The black beard, green eyes, red socks, hat over the Grand Canyon. I'm... Assuming you don't know much about his past, he probably told you his parents were dead, that he's an only child, doesn't have any friends or family from his hometown. That's all an attempt to hide his true identity. You're lying to me. I wanted to warn you. This is sadistic. You should be ashamed of yourself. I understand. It's hard to believe. I don't, I don't think I'd believe it either. But I'd feel guilty for the rest of my life if I didn't make an effort. I don't believe you. I'm so sorry. I know it hurts. But I want you to survive. I wanted Emily to survive. My head was spinning and I wanted to puke. 
She said a few correct things. That Damien worked in construction and occasionally did free labor. That Damien was an upstanding member of the community, and that he had a vague past. A past I knew nothing about because he never wanted to talk about it. I took out a pen and paper and wrote my thoughts down. 1. A random sociopath trying to torment a complete stranger. She found Damien's Facebook, gathered information on him, and wants to get some sick enjoyment out of this. 2. Damien has an enemy trying to get revenge by creating an elaborate lie in order to make his wife paranoid. Maybe it's an ex-lover. 3. The caller is telling the truth, and I need to leave Damien immediately. I paced around the room, trying to connect the dots between her story and my experience with Damien, but nothing matched. I spent the next hour reading about the traits of psychopathy, but those didn't match either. Could Damien know the traits and act the opposite in order to fool me? Or maybe he acts so loving and affectionate to gain my trust so nobody would ever believe me? I had read about plenty of serial killers that lived double lives, seemingly one as a saint and another as a complete monster. But I knew Damien. I knew his warm, loving personality was genuine and real on a gut level. But no matter how hard I tried, I couldn't rule it out. I needed to talk to someone. My older sister, Claire, lived a few miles away. I texted Damien that I had a family emergency and needed to go alone. He said he understood and was there for me if I needed anything. I thought about the caller's warning not to tell anyone, but I didn't care. I needed to talk to someone, and I knew my sister could keep a secret. I think he's hiding something from you. I doubt a random person would do this. Here, I wrote this. I don't know. There are a bunch of different explanations. The, the only way you're going to find out is if you talk to him. But what scares me is how little I know about his life before me. He always tries to keep it a secret, always saying it's too traumatic to talk about. And you've only known him for two years. You don't think that's enough? I don't know. You can't rule anything out. <laughs> okay, why don't we confront him together? We'll do it somewhere public. I don't know. I barely got any sleep. I spent the night tossing and turning with my thoughts racing and a vicious headache. I had a horrible nightmare where Damien came into the room and tried to kill me. I woke up in the middle of the night and only managed to fall back asleep again because Claire came into the room to keep me company. I woke up at 8 in the morning. We got in Claire's car and headed for the Red River Diner to meet Damien. When we arrived, I saw his red pickup truck and my heart immediately started racing. I could see him in the window where he sat in a booth patiently waiting. I locked eyes with him and all I could see was confusion and worry. I walked behind Claire because I was too afraid to be in front. Hi, honey. Hi, Claire. Claire and I sat beside each other and he was across. So, 
What's going on? There wasn't a family emergency. What's the problem? I got a phone call. Someone called you a psychopath. Uh, what are you talking about? They had a long story about you. Who? I went into detail and explained everything, from the anonymous caller who was terrified of him to his supposed relationship with his ex-wife, Emily, and her eventual murder. When I was done, he looked so nervous he was shaking. Hold on a second. I'll be back in a minute. He made his way toward the door, and Claire and I sat there, confused. The waitress came by, and we ordered coffee without any food. Minutes passed before Damien came back. <sighs> Needed a second to think. I think I know who that was. Who? I'm sorry, but I didn't have a choice. You didn't have a choice? I lied about my brother, Conrad. He did this. He's the real psychopath. I didn't know you had a brother. Can we talk about this somewhere else? Why didn't you tell me you had a brother? He's made my life hell. He's the reason you don't know much about my past. If I told you what he's done or what he's capable of, you wouldn't want anything to do with me. Everything that caller said is probably something he's done, not me. Yeah, but the caller was a woman. Well, she's probably some young girl that he's either paid or told some sob story to, and she believed him. He's done far worse than that, trust me. Like what? This isn't the first time he's done this. He lied to my past girlfriends the way he did to you with that phone call. He'd spread rumors around town telling people to stay away from me because I'm secretly an aggressive, violent psychopath. And everybody believed him because he acted like this amazing, helpful, church-loving saint. Wait, he's so bad that you couldn't tell your wife about him? When I was 16, and he was 14, he killed our dad. Not some crazy meth head. Conrad took the gun from my father's bedroom and shot him in his sleep. They took him into custody and a few days later they released him. The detective said my dad sexually abused him and that Conrad killed him to make it stop. I couldn't believe it. My dad was the sweetest, most caring man in the world. But since all the adults were saying it was true, I thought it was true. It went to trial and Conrad won. A few months later, after we'd moved into a foster home, he told me how he got away with it. He fished out one of the condoms from the trash in my dad's bedroom. Took the semen out and rubbed it on his stomach. That's why they believed him. I tried to tell my foster parents and they told me I was in denial and making the story up to retain the 
role model image I had of my father. And Conrad just laughed at me. He loved seeing how devastated I was. He loved that nobody believed me. I could hardly process that. It was another unbelievable story. But unlike the caller's anecdote, I wanted to believe my husband. For the sake of our marriage, for the sake of our child, I wanted to believe that someone as depraved as Conrad actually existed. That's why I lied. I didn't know what to tell you. If I told you half of what Conrad's done, you'd leave me. I know you would. Anyone would. That's when I started to get the nightmares and wake up in the middle of the night. I got a text from an anonymous person saying it was my time to die. I knew it was Conrad. I thought I was done with him. It had been a decade since, but apparently he got my number. That's why I bought those guns and paid for that expensive security system. It's because of Conrad. Because of him, my PTSD came back. Why should I believe any of that? I understand, and I'm sorry, but I didn't know how or if I even should tell you. I have proof. I can show you the evidence. I just, I didn't know what to say because things were moving so fast and you got pregnant and I didn't want to lose you. I know it's selfish, but I couldn't help myself. I'm sorry. He found you on Facebook? I don't know how. I'm not friends with anyone from my past. I moved across the country and I even changed my name. And it had been a decade since I'd seen him. I thought it was okay to make a Facebook. That worked out great. I wanted some semblance of normalcy. Were you ever planning on telling me? I didn't think I'd need to. I thought I completely lost him. As soon as I give birth, that's when you tell me. I didn't want to risk losing you. So you'd never tell me? I thought I was done with him. Or maybe when I give birth, that's when more lies will come out. Maybe you've had an affair or two. Maybe you're going to start hurting me. After all this time we've been together, when have you ever caught me in a lie? What else have I hidden from you? Nothing. Absolutely nothing. You've known me the last two years, and you're willing to believe the lies of a complete stranger who accused me of things that go against everything you've ever known about me. You're the best thing that's ever happened to me. I can't even put into words how much I love you and how much I, I just couldn't bring myself to telling you about him. When you went outside, did you take the time to come up with a story of your own? You think I made it up? You already lied once. I couldn't process this in front of you two. <laughs> you were gone for a long time. I'm not lying. I can prove it. I have plenty of evidence. Even if you prove it, you said he might try to kill you someday? Wait, you really want to bring a child into this? We can move. And what if he finds you? He's not going to. I learned my lesson. I can't show my face online. That's great. Now what about Joanne? He cares about hurting me, not her. Wouldn't he be hurting you if he hurt her? I know how to keep us safe now. I swear to God. I swear on everything. I can make it work. I realized Claire was right. If Damien's story about his psychopathic brother was true, I was now a target. And my husband didn't make it a top priority to keep me safe. Joanne, please. I saw him get up, but it was no use. Claire and I walked out and headed toward her car. I spent the entire hour-long drive with my head slumped back and a violent headache. 
Halfway through the drive, Claire stopped the car on the side of the road so I could vomit. Once we made it back to Claire's, I went to the guest bedroom so I could be alone. I thought about what life would be like as a single mother, how I'd have to start a new life without the help of an intimate partner. I couldn't help but sit there and cry. Not long after, Claire came into the room to tell me that everything would be okay. She talked it over with her husband and said it would be okay for me to move in with them until I sorted everything out. After taking a nap, I woke up and saw my phone on the nightstand. I picked it up and saw that it was full of notifications from him. He sent me an article from 20 years ago from the NewberryTimes.com detailing the murder of his father and sexual abuse allegations made against him. The name Conrad Smith was emblazoned under a picture of a boy that looked a lot like Damien, with the same wavy black hair, green eyes, and cleft chin. It read, Conrad Smith, 14, deemed not guilty of his father's murder. But something looked off about him. His eyes were lifeless. Damien was also named in the article, except he was called Vaughn. Vaughn Smith. That was my husband's real name, and this was how I found out. I scoured the website to find more clues, and there were about 30 articles total. None of them were new. In the About section, it was described as an archival site that had shut down in the early 2000s. Then I looked at the other messages. Damien sent me pictures of Conrad now. He was about two decades older and working as a pastor. He had the same handsome looks as Damien, but beneath sunken cheeks and a receding hairline. I was starting to believe him. He sent me another text that read, I really need to talk to you. Please call me when you have the chance. I love you so much. I put the phone in my pocket and went downstairs. I told Claire I was going to get some fresh air and headed to the backyard that overlooked acres of forest. Joanne? Hello? I'm so sorry, honey. I don't know what to do. Please say something. I feel horrible, and I'm such a coward for not talking to you about it, for not putting you first. You could have at least told me a little bit about him, but instead you hid everything. I know. I can't do this. If he's a threat to our child. I don't think he'll do anything. To me, he's never been violent. It's been completely psychological, like that phone call you got. If he really wanted to kill me, he would have done it by now. You said he texted you it was your time to die. It's an empty threat. He's done that so many times throughout my life. He killed your father. He got away with it out of pure luck. He's not going to risk going to jail for life. He gets too much enjoyment out of making me miserable. Then why did you buy all those guns and all that security if you don't think he's serious? It was irrational. I realize that now. If he's not dangerous, then why couldn't you tell me anything about him? I don't know. I wasn't thinking. I... I'm an idiot. I think... And I understand if you don't trust me, but I think we should move. 
He won't physically hurt us, but he might try other things since he knows where we are. I can't leave my family. Don't you think they would understand? We can still visit them a lot. We have the money. I'm not leaving them. In a few years, it'll die down. We could move far away now and then come back to a different town not far from your family. He'll probably still look for me, but he'll have no idea where we are. Why can't we just do that now? Why does it have to be far away? Because he has momentum now. When he realizes he can't find us, he'll focus on something else. I mean, that's what he's done in the past. Joanne? What? I'm so, so sorry. And I understand if you... I understand if you want to leave me. I'll talk to you again soon. The next morning, Claire and I went grocery shopping. I couldn't help but focus on a young woman with a stroller and her husband by her side pushing the shopping cart. After we checked out, in the grocery store parking lot, I asked her if we could talk about something. Are you insane? Did you listen to what I said? I did. You think it's a good idea to move somewhere far away and even change your name so that his crazy brother can't get to you. But at the same time, he's not that much of a threat. But you're moving away anyway? Just for a few years, until the momentum dies down. Momentum? What are you talking about? Damien made the mistake of making a Facebook. He knows not to show his face online anymore. You don't realize how crazy you sound. I don't appreciate you calling me crazy, okay? You don't know what this is like. He's never lied before, and I trust him. It's my gut. I'm going with my gut. My gut's saying you should leave him. You're not the one going through this. You're you're only doing this because you can't face the fact that you've been lied to by your husband the last two years. He lied about one thing. One thing. It's a huge thing. He knows what to do. I feel safe with him. He's a psychopath. Did you see how nervous he was? Psychopaths aren't supposed to be nervous. He's faking it. You can't fake that. You can if you're a good enough actor. We're coming back after a few years to live in a town nearby. No. You move there, he'll convince you to stay forever. I won't do that. I know you can't see it because you're blinded by love right now and you don't want to be a single mom, but this isn't right. I'm not blinded by love. If he does anything suspicious, or if I catch him in another lie, I'll leave him. I swear, I want my child to be safe. If you really want I know. I'd leave him. But I've thought about this a lot more than you, and it's my decision. Not mom's, not dad's, or any of our aunts and uncles. It's mine. It's my husband, my family, my decision. You're making a huge mistake. Once you see everything go back to normal in a little bit, Back to the way it's always been, you won't have to worry about me. I'm going to take my husband's word for it. I'm going to give him another chance because I trust him. How can you have a relationship without trust? (laughs) Not long after, I called Damien to pick me up. When Damien arrived at Claire's, he explained everything to her, but she barely gave him the time of day. I begged Claire to keep this a secret from the rest of our family, to not worry them. Our father already had two heart attacks, and if he took this the wrong way, it could lead to a fatal third. 
Claire agreed to keep quiet. I met with my family and told them about how we were going to Hawaii, about how it could make us rich, and that I was going to change my last name for business reasons. They were confused and tried to convince me to stay, but it was no use. They took solace in the idea of monthly visits and how they could visit the warm tropical island just as often. A few days later, we were on a plane. I was due in two weeks. We packed everything up and shipped it across the Pacific Ocean. We had a going-away party with almost everyone from our wedding in attendance. A real estate agent dealt with the sale of our home. On the plane to Hawaii, I passed back two empty food trays to the steward. Damien sat in the window seat, asleep. He mumbled some random words. Honey? But he didn't respond. All of a sudden, I felt this massive shock pummel my gut. I thought back to a conversation long ago, on our honeymoon, when he struck me the words I had since forgotten about. I'll do whatever it takes. I immediately felt nauseous. I unbuckled the seatbelt and stumbled through the narrow cabin as concerned passengers watched. I swung open the sliding bathroom door and threw up in the sink. I wiped my mouth and stared at my reflection. Tired eyes, rosy cheeks, my head throbbing. I went back to my seat. As I walked back, I could see that Damien was awake. What happened? I've had random stomach problems since I was a kid. I said that, even though it was a complete lie. I didn't know that. Yeah, I guess it never came up. How do you feel? I feel a lot better now. Are you sure? I'm sure. I put my hand underneath my shirt and felt the warmth of my pregnant stomach. Hi, I'm Debbie Capo, the writer and producer of this audio drama. I wanted to thank you for listening to this. It really means a lot to me. This starred Don Davis as Joanne, Marilyn Bush as both the anonymous caller and Claire, and Joe Garland as Damien. The sound recording was done by Mitchell Newbert. If possible, please share this with anyone or any community that you think might enjoy it, and it would be greatly appreciated if you left a review on Apple Podcasts. And on a final note, if you go to my website, devicapo.com, that's D-E-V-I-K-A-P-O.com, I'll send you a monthly newsletter where I share everything I'm learning about storytelling, productivity, self-improvement, and much more. And it'll also keep you up to date on my latest projects. Thank you again. I really appreciate it.